broadcasting from the Blanchestan Centre. This is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. This is Sparta! All your base are belong to us. The balls are inert. And now it begins. Hey everybody, it's Bryn here for Nerd to Know Media on Phoenix 92.5 FM, and I am joined as always by my wonderful co-host. Say hello, guys. Keanu Calico, I'm thrilled to be here as always. And Derek, kind of, hey guys, what's up? That's good. It's been, uh, it's been a hell of a week um, <laughs> for both personally and nerdily. Um, obviously, like uh, because of this, the wonderful time of the year, there's like getting an oscar season we're starting to see who the nominees are and stuff like that my girlfriend because she loves the oscars has been being <laughs> non-stop about all the, the gumph with it so yeah does she so, have a does she have a favorite to win already for what exactly well let's just say like for best picture just go for the easiest like um Oh, she's really hot. Like we just saw a little little woman. Um, about, oh, excellent! Uh, about two days after we did our show, and like she's really high on that right now. Um, and yeah, I mean, I have to check the. I still have to check the full nominee list. I like. I enjoyed Little, little Women. It's not really my the kind of uh, film I enjoy, but I did enjoy it for what it was. That's because you're a sexist man, baby. Well, yeah, but I've seen several adaptations of, you know, like. No, I just, I just, I yeah. just. Um, I mean, I like what they did. I mean, I liked how they told it because they did change the story. Like, they did right. change like the way the story's told. Like, it's not just like this like linear narrative. They kind of did like, um, kind of like flashbacks and flash forward kind of stuff. And it was oh, it was brilliant. Like they wrapped, they took the sequel, Little Wives, or not Little Wives, The Good Wives, and they wrapped it around the first one. Little so you had like essentially it was the second one with bits from the first one. It was really cleverly done. Like yeah, it was really effective. And um, I haven't seen it yet. No, to be honest with you, um, I mean I, prob- I probably will, but yeah, it's, it's I mean one of those movies where I'm sitting there going. It's, oh I'm, my god! To be honest, I mean, like you're kind of—I mean, I was kind of watching it more just to see like some of the, some of the best uh, female actresses and Emma Watson be in a film. And <laughs> oh, oh god! I tell you, uh, what's it? Twelve points for Gryffindor. <laughs> I don't know. Or for Slytherin, Jesus. Uh, there you go. I don't know, man. It's not the same. <laughs> oh, in the world, Emma Watson's not a very good actress, <laughs> so like. <laughs> no, she never has been. Um, that's see? not fair. I thought she was good in it. She was good. She was good in it, but she's she's sharing screen time with Saoirse Ronan, who is excellent. Yeah, she's you no, know, I mean, like oh, and Laura Laura Dern as well. Yeah, and oh, what's the the name of the girl who played Amy? Um, 
I don't actually know, but she was she was fantastic. Like he played Paige in Fighting with My Family, and like oh wow, was she in that movie? Yeah, and she the the those roles could not be any more different. And she well, hold on, was he how good she actually is? She was also the main the main character in Midsummer. Oh yeah. And you don't even realize it when you're watching yeah. the movie. So, yeah, she's yeah, phenomenal. Really, really, really cool. is. Like, I mean, she's shown that she has a hell of a range now. Mm. in like Just in those three films. Oh, for know? sure. For sure. And I think, um, I mean, again, I mean, like, Saoirse is just, like, she's in the stride now where it's just, I mean, she is just so insanely natural in every role that she plays. Like, you just... There's just something so tangible about there's just something so tangible about the characters that she presents, mm. that, like you don't even doubt for a second that she's in these people, and that's mm. I mean, that like that's just something that like, <laughs> you know, like there are, like there are got like there are actors who are really highly respected who never achieve that level of naturalness. Like yeah, I love Jack like, Nicholson, but Jack Nicholson hasn't really acted like that in a very long time. No, <laughs> no, he's got a type. Uh, sorry, I just looked it up. Uh, it's Florence. I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Pook is the one who plays Amy from Midsummer and all that. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. But, uh, but if you think about it, like most uh, most big name actors, right, um, and actresses, I suppose as well. Like you'll go see them in something, but you know what you're getting. For example, like Tom Cruise. For example, Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise and everything. He, he runs. He runs, and yeah, you're like, you know what you're going to get, but it's like it's like the opposite of what acting was supposed to be, where you're supposed to be buying into yeah. the acting. Well, look, there's, the there's, there's acting, and the, there's like, there's acting, and there's acting. Like, the reality is, like, um, like, Kevin Spacey, you never really see the characters Kevin Spacey plays. You see Kevin Spacey playing characters. Yeah, that's you know? yeah. true. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, and, you know, he's really good, but, I mean, he's still in the same realm of quality as someone like Jim Carrey, where you're always aware Jim Carrey's it's kind of acting as a brand, not as yeah. acting, that kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It, it's like the, who broke that? Um, Steve Carell broke that, smashed that completely open. Yeah. yeah. You know, with the Fox, with the Fox Hunters of it, and you're like, oh my God. And also in uh, the Dick Cheney movie, mm. where you completely forget Steve Carell, and you're like... Whoa. I really need to see that. It's, it's actually scary how little you're aware that Steve Carell, but it also, you know, you're like, this is really spooky. Yeah. Um, and that, you know that just shows you that's like the proper craft of acting, you know. Yeah, but I mean, like, it, like, it's always so nice though when you, even with the kind of guys where you expect to kind of like not see them when they have moments where you go, oh my god, that's, you know, th- they go, oh my god, I just realized that's like, um, like you know, I remember watching Kick Ass Two where Jim Carrey was playing the one of the superheroes in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and it took me a while to go, oh my god, that actually is Jim Carrey. Mm. Like, you know, <laughs> the first time it really was like like sunk into the role, like, and it's it's so cool to see it. It's like um, I had a similar thing with Brad Pitt in The Big Short, where it took me a long time in that film to figure out that that was Brad Pitt. <laughs> you, know? you don't kind of get those for oh, Big Short and the classic, and Steve Carell, there he is again. It's yeah, you don't really get actors who disappear into roles anymore. And uh, I, yeah, it's just, it's a shame. Although it should be worth pointing out that this is uh, Ronan's second collaboration with uh, Greta Gerwig. She did. They both did Lady Bird last year. That was another Oscar darling, remember? Or at least an Oscar nominee. And like mm. again, Sarsha was phenomenal in that too. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I really came out of, out of Lady Bird being a bit more nonplussed than I was with uh, Little Women. 
Mm. Well, mm. I mean, it's still really good performance from her in it, you know? Yeah, and it's worth pointing out, like, I was in the late screening. There were loads of children in this screening, and they all got it, like, and that's, like, because you look at this kind of film, and you look at the time it's set in, and you look at the period and all that kind of stuff, and immediately your brain goes, oh, it's going to be a dry sort of thing, but it'll be a good Oscar. No, there were some proper good belly laughs in this. It was a good kids film as well, like. Yeah, they actually, I mean, that was the one thing I thought was, like, surprise, like surprisingly good was like how well it handled its comedic beats because mm. um, like, I mean I think I think with a lot of period pieces they fall into this trap of being a bit too a bit serious serious yeah what they are it's one of the things that I really liked as well about um, one of the other films I saw last year at the uh, the favorite mm. uh, oh yes excellent. Where, um, favorite has some amazing comedic moments <laughs> I mean like when you've got Olivia Coleman as like one of your principal car- one of your principal leads it's very easy to have really good comedic moments because she is an excellent comedic actress yeah and, and speaking of which another actor who disappears into roles and doesn't play to type you know yeah exactly you know but I, th- I, I like I mean Olivia is just one of those people because like I remember watching her in like the likes of Peep Show and uh, mm-hmm. Lap Look and you know it's just so cool to see someone going from doing sketch comedy all the, to like the heights that she's at now. Well, the thing awesome. that, see, that's the good thing about sketch comedy at its best. It, it allows you to experiment with so much. Mm-hmm. Where, like, if you really think about it, like some of the best sketch comedy out there, those actors, yeah, a lot of them have fallen to the wayside, but then someone can do some really crazy stuff, and you're like, well, I should have seen this coming. But then again, they have been, you know, playing all these characters for X amount of time, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's I don't know, man. Like it, the Oscars for me, on on a good day, they kind of um, or a good year rather. They're like, yeah, okay, cool, this is good. But I there's none I've really kind of set back and yeah, seen it as like warranted really. As yeah. I well, like, like I to me the Golden Globes are a much more accurate yeah, that's, award. I would agree. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> more accurate for me as far as awards go. I just think that like. Um, I always just think because the Oscars is so such a political affair mm. that it's just interesting to see who gets it. It's like it's like yeah. the the, the WrestleMania card. You're like, oh, this, <laughs> that spot. Oh, that's interesting. You know, that's a very good point. Yeah, because like WrestleMania isn't about wrestling. It's about. Mm. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, WrestleMania is ba- uh, like is basically a cross between the Super Bowl and the Oscars. And the Oscars, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> literally, literally, that's that's probably the best way to put it. You know. Uh, you say it's political. Joker got eleven nods. Yep, that's that's near Titanic levels. Like, yeah, but Joker was always going to get that. Do you think so? It's very anti-establishment in its own way. Yeah, I think you see. Like, I think, I think there's something. I think one of the things that like stands for the Joker so much is that like, while you can describe the film as being artless and you can describe the film as being on like overly overt and all of these kind of things the film it has like really puts a lasting impression in you oh yeah like there's like i mean the 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 fact that it does that just means will probably get remembered for specific um for specific awards as a result of it Mm -hmm. like it's the like like the reality is like it's like while i wouldn't say that the costumes in it are 
anything to really write home about. It's it's nominated for best costume design, and that's probably because out of everything that came out last year, Joker's costume in it is something you do remember. You know, also, yeah, yeah, and everyone does the dance down the steps and all that. Like, but it's also a period piece as well, and yeah. you do kind of buy into it's 1970s, so it did kind well, of. Well, look, I, I mean, like, I think it's cinema. I think it's best cinematography. Not as an absolute legit. Um, not. Yes, yes. Every shot in that film was wonderful. Like, yep. but as well as that, it, again, it does really make you believe it's nineteen seventy. It does. Seventies. Yeah. You know, like, um, I think, like, I think there are some really. I think when it comes to the when it comes to the to the Joker, there's a lot of there's a lot of like really strong arguments for it to get the nods that it's getting, mm. and. You know, I mean, it. It's just I, I, like to me, it, like it. It is one of those films where, like, I kind of look at it and I go, "Yeah, it probably is one of the best films that I saw this year." So it should be in the conversation. Mm. Um, I don't know if I'd say it's the best film I saw this year, but it definitely is in there. You know, well, if you if you look at all the other ones, you know, it's kind of hard to put them on the same pedestal because you have a lot of superhero films. Yeah, by what by what I mean by that is you know cape and cape superhero mm. movies, you know. Yeah. Um, and even as far as that genre is going to go, once it has someone beating up another person, you know, in uh, well, a good boy beating up a bad guy, it's never going to be taken as seriously as something like Joker. Joker, mm. for all intents and purposes, is isn't a car- comic comic movie, but it is, but it isn't. Mm. Yeah, it completely removes itself from the tropes of that that genre. Yeah, and it's it's like the same. A couple of years um, in the sixties, fifties, sixties, the westerns weren't really seen as a an Oscar kind of worthy thing, no matter how. And then you get No Country for Old Men, like so many years later, cleaning up. Correct. Yeah, but like you, you wouldn't have like your spaghetti westerns or anything like that being considered as Oscar movies. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like I mean, because you saw the similar thing though with the when you got like post western and like dark western stuff coming out after the whole western trend had kind of mm. ended that were taken a bit more seriously and there was like a similar kind of discussion going on with Logan where it's going well it's very similar thematically to those kind of films you know mm. and like but I think just Joker just well while I think that like Logan was an, was an excellent standalone film in its um uh, out of the comic book, um, out of the comic book films, I think I think Joker just took, I think because Joker is such has such a palpable resemblance to present day politics and how politically charged present day politics is, it um, and showing up such a nasty lens to it, I think it just, I think it just becomes that bit more transcendent, mm. you know. Well, I think I think uh, Joker had more to say. Mm. Than Logan. Logan. Logan is a great movie. It's, yeah. it's a great thematically family oriented movie, but it doesn't really have much to say beyond that. I wouldn't even. I would. I don't know if it's it's a family oriented film. No, what I mean is the, the, the teams of family. Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. Like that's that's basically the beginning and the end of it. It it doesn't reach into any social issues. It doesn't reach in you know other than like mm. yeah you could it, you could reach. It's a very personal story, basically. Yeah, you, you, yeah. You, mm. you have to reach to make the connections, but with Joker, it's very much like, hey man, this is yeah, 
this is yeah, my, this is everything you know this, right this here is yeah. where, like this is where like the criticisms come in because they're like well it's artless because it's not really working that hard for its uh, uh for its uh, political theming and it's like well it because <laughs> you, like, you don't have to work for your political theming doesn't mean it's not like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's not effective or it's not evocative it's like, see, I, I, that's, now, that's very just kind of elitist right there as well just yeah, like it is. It's, it's, like, it's from the Scorsese, Scorsese school of it's not cinema <laughs> you know like mm. it, um, it's that kind of like I mean like, which is incredibly ironic considering how disparaging people would have been a taxi driver when it came out you know yeah. well, well here's the thing you know it's getting to politics and stuff like this when you position yourself as the rebel and then you become the establishment, it's very hard mm. to fight your way out of that. Yeah. And that's what's going to happen. With yeah, you. yeah, yeah. That's a very oh, good point. You know, I was the rebel, blah, 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 blah. And yeah. then he's dictating what cinema is. And it's like, well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, again, look, I mean, far be it for me to say that Scorsese doesn't know what he's talking about. It's just like, I don't know where he goes to watch his films, but when I go to see the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I go to the cinema. So, like, mm. it's um. Look and it, look as good as the Irishman was, which it is. Uh, yeah. More people probably saw Endgame. Yeah, but, I mean, like you know this as well, man. Just because like something draws more money doesn't mean it's necessarily better. Oh uh, no, but you no, know, but what, but, what, but what, like, uh, sorry, you go first, Sarah. Sorry. No, sorry. I was going to say, yeah, that's correct. But in this case, I think most of the cinemas were more than happy. To have Endgame yeah. playing on their screen where they made thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of euros. And then it made hundred millions and yeah. millions and millions and billions. And, you know, okay, so sorry, King, go on. No, no, I was going to say, like, you know, it's worth, we have this idea of what an Oscar movie is. Like, Jaws won Best Picture in the 70s. Star Wars was up for nomination. This idea that what's worthy of an Oscar has to be something lofty and cerebral is incredibly recent. It used to just be the most entertaining, well-loved film. And then when The Deer Hunter came along and brought in its strategy of the prestige picture, that changed. So there is no reason why, say, Avengers Endgame isn't worthy of being in there if people love it. That's a very recent idea, you know? It is a very recent idea, but it also comes from the same uh, field of thinking where classical music has been elevated um, mm. or theater in general like shakespeare yeah. has been elevated beyond yeah. what it actually is people don't seem to understand well our listeners do because our listeners are great but yeah. normal people awesome um, yeah yeah like people who are just sleeping sleepwalking through reality um probably think oh shakespeare has always been this kind of high it's like no man you know 400 years ago you went to shakespeare and it was like low bro it was yeah. extremely low bro it was for the common. Oh yeah, you brought fruit with you. If the jokes didn't land and chucked it, like exactly, you know, like, and, and, and the same with classical music. It was for you know regular people. Mozart did shows at like two in the day, yeah. you know, and it's like you, you got to this whole kind of like it's notions. That's yeah. all it is. It's just notions about themselves. Yeah, the thing as well though is like I mean, with a lot of like one of the things that like was celebrated about Shakespeare was the fact that like he did shows that were very much. Uh, very much uh, aimed for uh, for peasants, but could be enjoyed by monarchy as well. Mm. It was something that had it ha- that had something as close to universal appeal in the media of that time. 
and you know that's kind of what made his work so special it's the same thing with like the same it was the same thing with a lot of classical like the classical music that has endured is that like it had the most appeal from that period now you'll probably you probably would find people who'd go my god i can't stand mozart (laughs) you know because like not everyone's gonna like everything Mm -hmm. but it had it endured for that period of time because it endured for that period of time because it had such an enduring feature in it it's the same reason why like you know people can people complain about like modern day music and how disposable it is but the, Mm -hmm. the reality is is that like it that's just what it is by design now mm. it's you know like you can complain, yeah. like you know you can complain about it but it's like saying that like a bin liner is a waste of plastic it's like but it's designed to be a bin liner like <laughs> you know it's fulfilling its function yeah but, uh, like, but that's it like but this kind of stuff that lives on and has a shelf life um in its time period and it's popular, right? Mm. But the real kind of gauge for this kind of stuff would be what has a much larger enduring legacy, right? So yeah. we know that these things survived a couple hundred years. And as a result of that, they got their notions, right? Yeah. Well, who's to say in 100, 200 years <laughs> that someone's not going to pick up a copy of Endgame and go, this is a fantastic way to tell uh, modulated storytelling? Mm. in media which is probably going to happen mm. there's probably courses on already yeah but but I, it's I, sort of, it, I think as well like when it comes to like what the cinematic universe has done what the Mar- marvel cinematic universe has done is like something that you know at, at this point in time it doesn't look like it's going to be replicated by anyone else mm. and it's like <laughs> it's one of those things where like you know, the, like the question is like, yeah, they've managed to do it for thirteen years, but how long can this train really last? Oh well, yeah. look on that. You know, that's a discussion in and of itself, and obviously because of the show that we do, we'll be watching it intensely. But I think the thing on that is, you know, when someone tries to replicate, like it exists, as you said, with the bin liners, mm. the Marvel Universe <laughs> ex- exists and was designed for a specific purpose. It wasn't just to make money; it was to tell a story and to tell mm. stories that's probably going to fail now because yeah. now it is just to make money and they know they're able to make boatloads of money very easily but the it, thing it, is like the general audience will see through that pretty quickly for sure and yeah. th- and and this is what's happened with dceu with yeah. the x-men stuff with the dark universe what uh, happened with westerns oh yeah like, thing. you know, to to use like it's only real analog in terms yeah. of like a real cinematic movement on how long it lasted. Mm. We're talking about this in Westerns. Westerns made it 13 years before it lost its appeal because like, you know, you had people kind of just trying to make cash grabs. Yeah. And I think that's what Scorsese is getting at. And he's right in that sense. But, yeah. um, you know, comic books are more than just... Yeah, I, I, each other. I think it's really funny though because remember seeing like <laughs> I remember seeing people going like, well, like name me like name me uh, three dramatic um, dramatic moments from any Marvel film, and people <laughs> just started dogpiling with every dramatic moment from every single uh, yeah every single uh, Marvel film because it's just like well it's ridiculous you're saying there's no drama in those films yeah. it's like. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will have to say that I've had personal experience with people who would be considered cinema snobs. Yeah. 
right. They they studied mm. cinema in in college, mm. so they know better than you, right? Yeah. And they mm. won't they won't watch Marvel movies. Yeah. But then one of the girlfriends goes and watch the Marvel movies and loves them. Yeah. Who would also be a very good cinema read on things, things. you know? So it just shows you there is an active choice to not engage. And yeah. Because they're not bad movies. Some of them are, like Black Panther, but not all of them. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> you can't. That actually did get Oscar nods now. You can't. You can't bring that up in a discussion of Oscar. Yeah, but that was for that, like, was, that, that was for political purposes. Also, Keen, let's not pretend that bad movies haven't gotten Oscar nods before. Yeah, exactly. No, but I'm just saying you can't. You can't disregard comic book movies from the Oscar things and then dis the one of the few comic book movies that got an Oscar nod. You know. Ah oh, no, I'm just, I'm just. What I'm saying is, you know, all the, all the critiques and criticisms that will be leveled at comic book movies are very well founded in movies like Black Panther. Oh, there's certainly an element of snobbery, like to what gets what and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but actually, just talking on the westerns, like it's worth bringing up that, like the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood specifically deals with how Western movies are husbands and the actors in them and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of it's come full circle with the idea of Westerns being trashy and then someone makes a movie about Westerns being trashy and it's in the Best Picture nomination, you know? Here, here's one for you. Do you think um, in a couple of years there's going to be a movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you know, like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but following like someone who was in superhero movies? Well, Logan was kind of that in a way. Yeah, but I mean... No, but I mean more like... I, I get you, I get you. Someone who's on the Marvel lot. Like, yeah. yeah. Something more like Birdman, basically. Yes, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I, still, I could I, totally I, see that, yeah. That would be cool. Plan editor, that's Harvey Birdman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they'll get, like, Tilda Swinton in to be, like... They'll throw. They'll send up the fact that they get these A-list, like, actors to be the villain because they're only in one Marvel movie and then they're gone, you know, that kind of thing. I love Tilda Swinton. I love Tilda Swinton. I'm not gonna oh, she's the best. By the way, I, uh, switching gears uh, away from this topic, if we can, because we've gone sure. for a while on this. Um, mm. Have you guys seen the Morbius trailer? Yes. There's a Morbius trailer? Yeah. yeah. There's a Morbius trailer. And it's, well, oh, I what? cannot wait to not see Matt Smith in this. <laughs> well, no, Matt Smith shows up and it's like, oh, there. Oh, thank God. He's yeah. in the trailer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Although, the, like that poor guy he... in the film now <laughs> for like five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, there you go, Matt. You're cut again from another movie. He's going to do the Tyler Durden thing. He's going to be in for a single frame of footage and then gone. <laughs> <laughs> that poor guy, his whole career is like, oh, I'm going to leave Doctor Who and you know, I'm going to have a big career. And he's cut from everything he's in or in it for. Like, oh, he was cut from Embrues. He was cut from the Terminator. He was cut from Star Wars. Star Wars. Like, <laughs> like there's only oh, like God. Like, yeah. I mean, he's been replaced in the crown. Like, oh, crown. you have real good hustle, Smith. That's why it was so difficult to cut you. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> hear your name, you're cut, Matt Smith. Oh. oh my God, poor lad. Look, worst yeah. comes to worst, he can go work at the big Finnish Doctor Who. I like, I can guarantee a lot of people will be happy to see him there. Listen, to be honest with you, from what I've heard, from the back, I know you're a big Who fan. Mm. From what I've heard from the backlash of this current season, where it's too woke for its own good, it could do worse it's, than bring back Matt Smith. Funnily enough, actually, this is I did not agree with that until the episode that went out last Sunday. That was that that hit yeah. the ceiling a wee bit with the See, wokeness. Look, oh God, was this the one where they had like 
they used the powers of the Nazi racism against them, against the master. No, no, actually, that's that one was actually pretty good. That was okay. a new ma- that was a new master story happening across three different time zones. That was good fun. So what, uh, what, no, no. What was your breaking point? Because I I actually did want to talk to you about this. Um, the last week's one. I've actually I've got a review up in Geek Ireland. They ba- it's it's really hard to talk about without spoiling it. So spoiler warning if you haven't seen it. Spoiler but basically, alert. yeah, spoiler yeah, yeah. <laughs> put that in there. It's uh, but basically theory on its head and make it about climate change I think right. basically they have a tw- that, that planet of the apes type twist where the destroyed planet they've been on all along was Earth mm. and um, they go into this big thing about how humanity caused this to happen but frustratingly they're not very specific they right. kind of allude to nuclear war and global warming and consumption overconsumption of things but they don't lock down a specific thing. And she gives like an in-character monologue to the camera at the oh, end no. of the episode being oh, like how humanity can do better. I'd oh, no. buy that if it was very much like, this happened because global warming did this. This happened because nuclear weapons did that. But they don't. It's just it's humanity's fault in no, in no specific way. And I'm all for like, I love Steven Universe. I love lesson learning and stuff. But mm. you got to put the work in you know it can't just be humanity's vault in a very vague generic way you know look so like water world where like water world opens up by going we ruined the planet and now it's covered in water <laughs> like <laughs> but even with even with South park where they'd have like a heavy-handed message where they literally say we learned something today you yeah know? yeah i used to love that yeah that, that was earned <laughs> you know, yeah yeah, yeah. Was earned it was like okay cool and they'd make fun of it yeah mm. man like I don't know. I, 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 to be honest with you, I was waiting for the breaking point with you, Kane. Yeah. Like, he has a real big tolerance for this stuff. And then <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, oh. Uh, I mean, you saw me dressed up as Jody on our panel. Like, true, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. Like, you know, it's but, uh, I even just. You, even you yeah. have to kind of be like, I need to walk away from Yeah, that. yeah. It's just, I, I don't mind a message story. I don't, I actually like it when Doctor Who, like, kind of uses this platform to discuss modern issues. I mean, like you were talking about with the Joker. I just think you got to put the work in. It can't be a heavy dose of shame without, like, because what I said to Stevie afterwards was, okay, I've watched this episode. What's my takeaway on how to be a better person in the world and prevent this happening? And there isn't, there isn't one. So you there isn't. Captain Planet? Uh, yeah, like, <laughs> like the thing that like I I have no real dog in the race in this, but from just hearing your synopsis of it, like as well as that, there's it's like throwing in things like, oh, this is Earth in the future. It's like, come on, that trope is dead. Yeah, that point like that has been done. It has been done to death. Like, like yeah, so much better. Like, I mean the. Like, I mean, it's been a famous trope ever since. You maniacs! You're blowing up! Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, you know, and I didn't actually put the Planet of the Apes thing together until someone pointed it out. I don't mind Doctor Who being preachy, by the way, because the Daleks were invented to be a cautionary tale against nuclear war and radiation. It's always... The Doctor Who writing staff has included, like, Buddhists Hmm. and radical vegetarians and hippies and all that kind of stuff it's always been that way it's just mm. it's got to put the work in too in the 80s they were very good at like sending up thatcherism mm. or like capitalism and all that kind of stuff and they like put the work in and you had a follow-through and stuff uh mm. and usually doc like even the two weeks before this 
they had like famous uh, female scientists throughout history and they did make a big song and dance about it. They were just characters in the story. And that's a nice play because I actually hadn't heard of them before this episode. It can be done well. It just wasn't done well in this case. Like, but See, that's, that's the problem. You know, like with Doctor Who, it's the only, when I got into it, um, it's the only kind of fan base and only kind of show that has that built in. Like it's mm. a pre- the wokeness is built into the, into the pizza, <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah. There's like, a reason it's popular on Tumblr, on like Tumblr. oh yeah, it is Tumblr city, like and you're just yeah, like, yeah, okay, cool, man, you know, whatever. And but then it just kind of progressively moved more and more and more, and, and you're just like, what is this show about? Like it's just about mm. nothing. It's a show about nothing, you know. It's just like. Yeah. Well, I don't mind it being about nothing in particular. If it's just a vehicle for short stories, that's fine. But they just have to be done well. It's not, though. Like, and it hasn't been for a while, in my opinion. Like, I know know some people like the... Who's the angry man? The angry, angry man. Capaldi? Yeah, that guy. I didn't like it. That's when I dropped off. I was like, nah, I just, I couldn't. But um, I loved loved the show all the way up to to that point, you know? Mm. And from what, from what I've seen with Jody, I'm like, okay, cool. There's some good ideas there, but it's now it's just kind of gone off the deep end a little bit. What I will have to say, though, right? If you're looking for a show with a message that's done well, that mm. kind of has a lot of the same kind of built-in kind of fan base and um, components, right? But written well by someone who isn't a complete moron. Uh, <laughs> Bad Omens. Oh. I marathoned Bad Omens there over the last week when I was sick. With David Tennant and uh, Michael Sheen and all that. It is spectacular. I am going to watch that next week. I'm Have literally holding... Have no, you seen it? No, I've, I've read the book. Uh, oh, I'm, hold... I'm holding off on getting Amazon until literally the day before Picard starts airing and right. then I'm going to binge them all. Yeah, man, it's a show that you'd love. Like, it's the... I was watching it going, yeah, this is like, Keen's best show ever. <laughs> well, it's got it's got all my favorite actors in it already. Yeah, like. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but no, it's great. And Brian, you'll really enjoy it as well because it's like a re- fantastic. Like, well, I did finish watching season five. Or season four For anyone listening at home, what's the what's the pitch behind Good Omens? Like, okay, so there's an, an angel and a demon, hmm. and they're best mates throughout time, and their job <laughs> is to basically make sure the Antichrist happens. Oh, right. about this, yeah, yeah, and basically they they're mates, so they don't want to really do their job. So they're like, hey, if we just kind of like don't really do anything, it'll be fine, because they realize that they uh, they're one, they're mates, but two, they kind of cancel each other out. So they're like, we really don't want to do this. And then when it comes to the end of the world, they lose the Antichrist, and they have to find them. And that's basically the pitch. Oh, great! Yeah, but like David Tennant being like the most David Tennant he has ever been, even more than the Doctor. It's great. It's yeah. Actually, I haven't watched it yet. But I are you aware of the David Tennant podcast, which is also on Spotify? No. It's great crack. And on one episode, he has Michael Sheen, and it's just them trading stories of the behind the scenes making and all that kind of stuff. Like Michael Sheen tells loads of stories of Neil Gaiman taking him to weird restaurants and all that kind of stuff. They do genuinely seem to have an on-screen chemistry that is matched off-screen and vice versa and all that kind of stuff. They're dream casting, like. Like, that's it. You know, I, to be honest with you, from watching that show, I love Neil Gaiman. I was in London and I got a copy mm. of American Gods signed by Neil Gaiman. I was like, oh my God. Oh, but, I'm so jealous. Right? I was just sitting on the, I was sitting on the shelf, which is like, how is this? Anyway, but the point is, um, mm. the, the dream casting for Doctor Who and what they should do, in my opinion, Hire Neil Gaiman. They have? 
No, like actually hire him as a showrunner. Don't just have him to do one or two shows because any shows he does. Oh, I see. Okay, okay. Have him as the showrunner because that franchise needs to be fixed. It's almost at Star Wars level. It needs to be fixed. Well, you know what? I'm I'm still in Team Jody's quarter. I think the I think as long as this is a blip, the the first two episodes of the series are really good. I don't think Jody's the problem. I think your man who's writing the ship knows the problem. Chibnall. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a good team leader. Like, cause uh, Broadchurch was good. Like, Broadchurch and he's brought good. on a good team. Right? Yeah, yeah. And and I did like the two parts at the start of this season. I'm 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 still willing to give him the benefit of the doubt because, like, I don't mind the odd misstep <laughs> if it's in the service of experimentation and taking risks. What I hate is the rise of Skywalker attitude of playing it ultra safe. I'll always be more forgiving of a risk than of the corporate safe. Here's how by the numbers type thing, you know? Well, that's fair. Well, look, what we will do is, I think it's only fair, is, Keen, let me know when you fall off the wagon and we'll give you a big rant. It's, yeah, um, I've got three, I've got three shelves worth of Doctor Who DVDs. It's going to be a long, hard fall, but I will keep you posted. Okay. Because, like, you know, we all know... I'm like madness is going to happen. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Uh, like, I never would have thought... That I, I am, like, I'm very, like, yeah. I never would have thought that I would have sat down and actively hated a Star Wars movie, but we got there. Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm aware it's common, and I've been teasing you full well in the knowledge that one day Doctor Who's going to throw me off the bus, and it's going to be really painful... Uh, uh, it's a false fallacy thing as well, but it does. Yeah, it's it, it, it's not something that any anyone wants from their favorite mm. franchise, you know. But yeah. like, just we're in this age now where people don't listen to fan bases and it upsets yeah. people, and it's just crazy. You know? Yeah. But um, and there is a lot of com- in com- yeah. Sorry, for just to go back, there is a lot in common between Doctor Who and Star Wars because even if you don't like the TV show. On Big Finish, the radio plays. They do the hard, like, lore deep dives. Like, they've got River Song and the old master and David Tennant's back and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So, and every now and again, when they ignore that, I kind of feel that rage build up. So, I know it's there. And I know there's people who hate the new show for ignoring all that stuff that was created while it was cancelled. So, Mm. there's eerie similarities. And that day where Doctor Who chucks me off is going to... I'm really scared that it's going to happen someday. I hope this isn't the year. And look, and here's the thing. You know, that's what initially attracted me to the show. It's such a deep, deep lore-heavy show Mm. that you can actually... Well, there's no gatekeeping either. Mm. You know, it's fine. It's very similar to Star Wars. But... Um, yeah, man. Look, when that crash happens, it's you know, I personally I'm not looking forward to it because you're my mate, but I'm also like, <laughs> could you like watch? have like a bottle of gin just ready? <laughs> just like, oh. if I if I show up at your house, I don't know where it is, but I'll find it. Um, <laughs> just, just be like, it finally happens, but like, oh god, well, don't worry, I have a good bottle of uh, Kraken rum, and that's the best rum in the world, so mm. don't worry. <laughs> but, just, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think you know, further down the line, w- along with our panel, w- wait, sh- should we give out details about our panel? Before we go into the panel, actually, you mentioned this off the air. This is our 50th show, isn't it? It is our 50th show. Yeah, guys, well, congratulations. We did it, you guys. Speak, we made it. Speak, like, we're definitely not the, like, you know, recyclable plastic bag or whatever it was Brim was talking about earlier. We've made it. <laughs> <laughs> 
We're now a better plastic bag. <laughs> We're a bag for life. Bag for life. Bag for life. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question for you guys on this anniversary. I only got on this team quite late in the game. Right. Did you think it would make it to 50 episodes? Eventually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to take a lot longer without you. That's true. That's true. Right, for context, for anyone that didn't know, right? So myself and Brain have been doing radio for like what, like five, six years? Forever. Ago. Yeah, forever. I don't I don't remember a time when I didn't when I didn't know Brin. Right? I, I although I strangely I remember the first time meeting Brin. Um and yeah, so so we just started doing radio then after that point. And then after that after we realized we hated wrestling and we're like we well, hate no, I mean no, we we realized that we hate we hate w- we hate watching mainstream wrestling. Yeah, we hate yeah. watching mainstream wrestling every week and then talking like, about it because like, I mean, put it this way, put it this way, Ian. Like, imagine if you were watching like like imagine you're really into um, imagine you're really into like uh, comics, right? And actually, you're really really into DC comics. Mm-hmm. Now, imagine if week after week you have to watch Man of Steel. <laughs> And then, oh and then, no! And then, yeah. and then halfway through the show, halfway through that movie, there's a big promo saying how bad you are for not enjoying yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, then imagine that like you're on your fiftieth viewing of Man of Steel, and you've been you you've heard some news that have put in an edit, so it's going to be made better. So you're going, oh, I'm definitely <laughs> going to watch it now. So then you watch it, and then you see the thing that is supposed to make it better, and you're like, oh, that definitely made it better. I can't wait for them to have another iteration that'll make it better next week. And then you just see them ruin it the next mm. week. And they make it worse. They, yeah. like, they, they bring out this thing, and they ruin it, and then you're like, and then there's some crazy old man in the editing room adding in like worse bits of bits every week. <laughs> So yeah, but basically that's what happened, King. It, it, like when, when you're watching wrestling, mainstream wrestling killed your love of wrestling slowly. But yeah. being involved in the wrestling media, and Bryn, you were involved wrestling media for like six years. I was in there for about eleven years. Yeah, and I'm just like, I just don't want to talk about wrestling anymore. <laughs> I hate it, you know? like, I, like by the time we finished, and your was- solution was to make a podcast talking about wrestling. No, what happened? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Bryn, you were going to say something. Yeah. I was like, I by the time that we got to the, by the time that we've gone through like my sixth year, it's like I've said everything I have to say about this. <laughs> <laughs> like, like just recycling points at this point. Yeah, and really, like there are criticisms I've made about wrestler A, and now that he's retired, I'm I was glad that he that he was gone, just so that like if he come back, I'd be happy to see him. Mm. There'd be another person who'd come along and have the exact same problems that I had with this guy. Yeah. It's just like, okay, so the problems stay the same, but the people change. <laughs> it's literally like Sisyphus, you know, <laughs> pushing that ball, that ball up that hill. And it's just, it's never changing um, until one specific person dies. It's just never going to be good. And yeah, even maybe. if that happens, you don't know if that's going to happen or not. Yeah. So basically, how this show came about was, I was. Uh, Nerd to No Basis was a show on Phoenix FM, still is obviously. And I was asked, Hey, Darryl, do you want to do the show? I'm like, Yeah, sure, why not? And then I messaged <laughs> Bryn and I said, Hey, Bryn, we hate wrestling, but let's have a talk about this. And then we realized that we love radio yeah. and we love chatting, but mm. we hate wrestling. So it's just a natural fit. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I, like, I still love wrestling. Like, oh, I me watch, too. Yeah, me I, too. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have watched 10 hours of Wrestle Kingdom. If I didn't like wrestling, <laughs> okay. Let, let me let me you know? let, let me amend it. 
wrestling hates us. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that's it. It's it, it's literally like that's that that's the pain of being a wrestling fan. The actual product actively does not like you. Yeah. So. It's, yeah. So you so you hate wrestling, but wrestling started it. Yeah, basically. Mm. It's like being in a codependent, abusive relationship. Yeah, and then you, you then you take a break and you come back and you're like, maybe this time it'll be different, and it's not different. It's progressively worse, and you're like, what happened? Like, please stop this. You know, oh. give me something. You know, but um, yeah, and that's how the show happened. And then you know we did a couple of shows and. Uh, Bryn's schedule got a bit crazy and I was like hey you know I want to kind of expand this out we had talked Bryn yourself myself we had talked about expanding the show out and to see what we can kind of do but I couldn't do all the work by myself you know and I was like yeah. right well let's kind of get more stuff on this and then I thought hey let's expand the team out we got keen on I did not think I was going to get someone honestly to talk about nerd, nerd stuff all week Along with us, you know, and then Keen joined. Them. Oh, try and stop me, Jesus! <laughs> oh no, but like you know, a dream, in wrestling, it's called a three man booth, and I think that's just the best, yeah, the best kind of way to go, right? Oh well, thank you very much. I'm honestly thrilled to be part of this, and actually, it's funny you bring up your origins in that because uh, I was talking to Straight Out of Canto, and she said the reason she started doing her blog, which is now the podcast, gratifyingly on the Nerd to Know platform was that she hated Detective Pikachu so much that she had to pour all of these feelings into something. like, And it seems she's the same with you guys and the wrestling in this, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> that sounds like a pretty decent description. Like, I think... Um, I think one of the things that, like, kind of sucks about uh, the way media is now is that, like, because, like, a lot of it's, like, angled towards negativity... Mm. When you really don't like mm. something, <laughs> you kind of just go towards talking about that nonstop. It's why a lot of like, um, yeah, there's a lot of video game journalists that I watch, and all they talk about is stuff they don't like. Yeah, and I'm like, man, I do not have like I had the energy to do it for a while, but I do not have the energy <laughs> no, <laughs> to it, do it, it for that long. It, it makes it like it makes it not fun, right? Yeah. And mm. like, what I like about what we do is, yeah, we have our little rants and we have our little stuff, but it's mainly just in in, in it's the spirit of it. You know, it's a yeah. bit more of a cra- bit more of crack. You know, it's going to be in like yeah. I don't think we're ever really as far as I know. I don't think we're ever really cruel on this show. Like you know, we have a bit of a laugh now and again, but like, yeah, like I think we can all have our moments of being cruel on something. And, <laughs> you know, See, it's, like, it's always it's always well deserved though. <laughs> I mean, that, that's up for debate. I'm like, <laughs> I just, I just like chucked you like a ball, and you like threw it into the ground there. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean is, like, you know, like we have railed certain things. Yeah, 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 fair. It's never been, a, it's never been a case of, oh, we went too far. I'm like, no, we didn't go far enough. You guys went very far that week. I wasn't here. I was like, listen, I said, oh, excuse me, I <laughs> was on the episode with you and J.K. Rowling. You do not have a have a horse. Worse in this race. <laughs> that was the week after that. That was all the week after. Completely um, different week. I do not know what happened that week. I have no it's, idea. It's on Spotify. Came from. I was listening to the show going, oh my, never again. Never again. Put it this way. It took a half an hour to get to the Rise of Skywalker on our Rise of Skywalker episode. That happened. Fair. Fair. And just to clarify, I don't don't disagree with anything you said, but I'm just saying it happened. 
<laughs> but no, like I think that you know a lot of the negativity that ha- I think like this kind of stuff is a much more fertile ground for positive positive coverage. Yeah, um, I think like, it's also more po- mm. fertile ground for like weighted and <laughs> like kind of like weighted a more interesting coverage in general. Exactly. Exactly. Like, you know, like like you see now, like you know, in our first year, like the website's been up for a year and a half. Um, we've really started doing active content for the past year, and now we have three shows a week. Yeah, uh, two shows, yeah. really, but three shows sometimes. You know, and now that I found the archive again, thanks recovery software. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm actually gonna pop everything up on the on the feed. You know, um, but yeah, like it's just, for me, I find this more satisfying than talking about wrestling because, as Brent said, we talked for about six years about everything you possibly can about wrestling. It's bad. Don't watch it. You know. Yeah. But it was like the th- the thing was like the our well when it came to wrestling was this is how WWE was bad this week. Conversely, this is how that that thing that's bad in wrestling this week also relates to this thing that was bad in, t- in TNA ten years ago. Yeah, and that exactly. was basically every episode of of the international. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. It, it was, and then you know when we would have a new topic. We'd be really super excited about it, but yeah. then your mood would be ruined because the show was so bad that you're like, "Oh God, I." Uh, yeah. But like you, you know? you'd have like one, you like every one in. I want to say everyone in ten episodes would have like an air of excitement or positivity to it. Yeah. And like, that's only ten percent of your content. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if, if you're only ha- like if you're only coming out of like like we came out of every episode enjoying ourselves, but. You're still coming, like you're still coming away from it, going, God, though, I still have to watch wrestling, <laughs> like exactly, <laughs> you know. I mean, you uh, break. <laughs> well, I, I've seen it very, very common stuff where there is a lot of crossover, you know. So I figured, you know, there would be a fair amount of crossover, which we proved were a panel. Mm. But like, I did what I didn't expect was I didn't expect this to take a life of its own, like yeah. so aggressively, mm. where it's like, wow, this is like, this is what I look forward to every week. Yeah, this is the thing. Though, Same though. here. Yeah, the thing that's great about this though as well is that like when we were doing wrestling, there was a lot when we were just doing wrestling only content. There was a lot of a feeling of us just struggling against the current, Hmm. whereas this has been so much more effortless. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I, I, I usually have a list of seven things to talk about on an episode when I come into anyone. I rarely get to three because they kind of take on a life of their own, you know. Oh, but dude! Like, I had I had two topics for tonight, and I I, I won't be able to talk about either. Of them, so it's fine. <laughs> no, <laughs> we need next week. Next we, week, we need to get better at that. We really do. Oh, but like, you can see, like it doesn't it yeah, doesn't yeah. matter because like the, the the reality is that myself and Dara are tangent machines. As we true, proved. <laughs> true, we really are. You know, no, so. but it, but even still, like with with that point, Brent, on that specific point, when we do the desk. We we're tons of machines, and we'd be struggling for content because it'd be like, oh my god, this is. How yeah. many times can we bring up TNA? Yeah. How many? <laughs> how many times can I? Like, how, how many times can I go? Please, do I have ten minutes to talk about Lucha Underground? I actually enjoy that show. You know, like, we really need to talk about why Monty Brown was a wasted talent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just that kind of cycle of negativity, you know. And also, again, in reality. It's more, it's a very, very, because of the way it works, it's a very, very niche topic, Keen. Yeah. So like, yeah. our, our response to this, you know, with the guests we've had on, with the people who listen to us, with the, you know, the engagement that we get on social media, it's crazy. I'm like, well, 
all the you know in the words of Bart, so many wasted nights. Yeah. <laughs> no, like... and, and actually, now is as good a time as any. Not only to thank everyone who's like you know appeared on the show, who's like you know come to all the panels. Like we had a, such a good turnout at uh, JCon, like oh, you know. And but now is as good a time as any to like bring up the. I interrupted you earlier, but we do have another panel coming up imminently, don't we? Yeah, and this is what this is something as well that I didn't ever expect to open up. You know, because when we were doing wrestling stuff, like actively, yeah. WWE would be like. No, you know, mm. yeah, passes when we're doing wrestling was like, like basically a pipe dream, yeah, exactly. You know? That like, was it, you know, you, like, let alone the fact that we're doing panels now. It's, mm. I mean, and also, by the way, just taking this moment as well to go, anyone who has come and seen us, like, seriously, thank you. It's just, yeah. you know, the fact that we're even doing panels is a miracle. The fact that people are showing up to see us is even mm. more of a miracle. So, like. You know. <laughs> oh yeah, like before the first one I did, the Dublin Comic Con, I was really panicking. Like, you know, we've got to publicize this. We've got to like, you know, hand out flyers. We've got to this, we've got to that. Because I'm so tuned into theater. We have to work hard to get people in the door. And then all of a sudden people just turn up on faith. And I was like, who do what? Yeah. Like on J-Con, I was like literally shouting in the hallway. Like, you know, do you want to come to a horror panel? And like six or seven people come in. It's like, God, the generosity of people. And I mean this in all sincerity. I know everyone with a podcast or a YouTube or whatever says it, but like, do hit us up on our Facebook page. Like, we want to hear what people are talking about. And more often than not, if you have a random topic, like, we will bring it up if you message us or something like that, assuming it's like, you know, all that kind of on the level and stuff. We do want to know what people are talking about or interested in because we're just going to tangent otherwise, you know, for better or worse. But we're basically it. rudderless until you tell us otherwise is what we're trying to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, Steer I, this ship, public. But that's one thing as well, like, you know, to echo what Bryn said, you know, I working in the rest of the media and, you know, it's, it's not common, it's not hidden knowledge that I was working for TNA and all that kind of stuff and working with the sun mm. and that, but even there, which would be like the top of the wrestling media, right? WDB still doesn't want to talk to you. You can't really have that mm. engagement with that fan base because they're like, oh, hey, you know, we don't want you, you know? But when you're doing this kind of stuff, it's crazy because you can actually engage with a fan base that is open. You know, you have a much wider fan base. There is a whole cross section of demographics topics you can talk about different things we're able to expand a lot more um like you know bringing in lisa and straight out canto like that just would not be possible on a wrestling themed yeah. content mm. for example you know doing the panels that we're able to do we're able to go hey what do we want to talk about and what will what will the people who listen like and we're just able to like i never thought i'd get to do a horror team panel about japanese horror and then people turn mm. up. That's wild, you know? So anyone who's listened to this, anyone who's been listening, even going back to the desk, you know, thank you so much. You guys have just been incredible. And we're doing this, one, because we love it. Two, because we're mates and we get to talk every week. And three, yeah. because you guys respond. So, yeah. you know, for me, it's just been amazing. I mean, one of the things that, like, shocks me as well, and it goes back to kind of something that Keen was saying, was like, you know, I'm, like, I mean, I've, I've been doing, I've been roadieing and everything at gigs since I was 15 years old. I've been in amateur drama societies since I was 19. The idea of being a street team is not uncommon to me. <laughs> and seeing, <laughs> and seeing like the lack, like, well, not, I don't want to say the lack of effort, but just seeing like the ease of reciprocation for any effort put in for going. Hey, yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Is 
like it, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Just by, like by virtue of just going, of just being able to say, Hey, I'm doing a panel on this. Do you want to see it? And people being like, well, that sounds interesting. I'm like, you, you want to see it? What? Why? <laughs> yeah. And more, and more over join in. That was an incredibly verbal panel in JCon. You know, they were, they knew their stuff. Like, you kind of go in with the attitude of, oh, we're going to teach people about this. And no, 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 they're going to teach us about it. Like, you know, yeah. that's what happened. Like, and that was a great response. Like, it was the same thing with uh, at DCC as well. You know, like, yeah. it was a really, it was like, it was what we wanted it to be. We wanted it to be an interactive panel, and it was, hmm. you know. Oh, the, oh, were they interactive? Yeah, I was the only one on the back foot not knowing what wrestling was. You know, everyone else outclassed me. Yeah, but it's, but like, I mean, oh man, it's just great. Like, but see, what's, what's, like that's just, you know, that just wouldn't happen in other scenes. No. You know, if we had done like a straight wrestling panel at a wrestling convention, it would have been very different. Yeah. It would have been a lot more negative, which is. I, I think, I mean, I, I think we still could have done literally uh, everything is wrestling there. Yeah. That it would have been, it, like, I mean, it would have been a thing of like people would have been correct one of first of all they would have been correcting you and yeah. two they'd be saying that you're doing a terrible job and you get people who'd be basically trying to like be the show and all that kind of shit and all that kind of stuff and it just it's not to say like i mean it i think the environment we had was awesome because you know people kind of got that like we were doing kind of got that like we were we were kind of driving the bus until they had a mic in front of them and then mm. they were driving the bus too. So yeah. it, it's, and you know, the people who listen to the show and you know, it, yeah, we put the show out every week and it goes up on iTunes and Spotify and the list of Phoenix and stuff like that. That's great. You know, and that kind of, that's, that's really nice to see like the, up, the upload, the uploads and the downloads and that kind of stuff that we see. But like, there is something to really be said that when you're on a stage and you're like, Oh, well, <laughs> this is, this is very different, you know, it's, yeah. It was kind of it was mm. really cool. And it, uh, look, and uh, you know, anyone who's a, who's asked us to come to do panels, which is crazy now that they're asking us, which is weird. Yeah. Um, mm. That's 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 great, you know. So you know, anyone who's listening now and wants us to come, yeah, look, show us a message. We'd love to do it. It's not a question. It's not a question of will we do it. Yeah, it's more of a question of when is it. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, I, I think. <laughs> I, I, I mean, at the moment, I don't really know what the next step is for us outside of like, we're probably going to, I mean, I think the aim is we're going to probably just do, try and do more, as many panels as we possibly can. Mm. Yeah. Um, outside of doing panels, I think we'll probably just try to get as much coverage done for cons. Mm. But I and, mean, and have a few extra guests on as well, because that was great fun. I'm sorry, Brian, you didn't really get to join in them, unfortunately. We've got to sort that out. Yeah, well, look, it's, uh, you know, I mean, I have a very difficult schedule um, so with uh, home life at the moment because we are, I am looking to move house and everything. So there's a lot of like packing and stuff that has to, that's got, that gets in the way as well as that like December was a whitewash for me. So yeah. <laughs> like these no, things fair. do happen. That's fair. But um, yeah, I mean, as far as I know, as far as like the show goes, like, I mean, it, I mean, if things keep going the way they are, we'll probably have to start talking about doing actual live shows. That's yeah. Point. Well, know? if if that if that's something down the road, interest for yeah, you know? like that's that's something that maybe we can we can look and move towards because you know the infrastructure is all there and it's great to see people interacting right now and then bringing on other people as well. Like it's 
we're not going to stop. We have no intention of really stopping. So it's more just kind of like how much engagement we can get and how how much we can physically do as people. Because we're only three people, you know, in reality. Well, four with Lisa, but ourselves, you know. Uh, Keen, you've stepped up loads and doing all the social media stuff. So that's really, that's been great. Oh, I enjoy that though. Like, it's great fun. Hmm. So like, yeah, you know, 50 shows. It's wild to think that we have 50 shows. Hmm. Um, But yeah, man. So yeah, straightforward, you know. But uh, it is kind of sad that, you know, for how many years we did wrestling content that it's just a different world. Yeah. Well, I think think if it wasn't for the time that we had on the desk... Hmm. I don't think we'd appreciate this for sure. Yeah, for sure. Like it's, I mean, it's very much one of those things where it's like, you know, it's not the destination. It's the journey. Yeah. (laughs) For me, I'm, I'm personally happy that every week I have an excuse to talk to my friends for like an hour and a bit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh God. I love this too. Like, you know, so that that's that's good, you know. But it's just it's great that we don't have to be so hateful about something that hates yeah. us actively. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's it's yeah. funny though because like I think I mean the, the I mean I know myself and Dara have our uh, also have our grievances as well with the yeah. <laughs> with the the newer Star Wars films. But it's mm. like I mean the, the reality is is that like it's very the majority of stuff that we're talking about we actually enjoy now. Mm. And like, oh yeah, and even in the case of like Star Wars, we still enjoy like talking about it, you know. Yeah, you know, like because uh, like, I mean, like at the end of the day, when it comes to um, when it comes to most of the stuff, it like there it is coming from a coming from much of a place of like we actually not only are we uh, are we enjoying what we're talking about, what we're actually looking forward to, and we're looking to put things together because we know that we're all kind of contributing to the broth together mm. the show. So it's always, it's always good. And that's, and that's kind of what we're going forward, even with panels as well. You know, like mm. I said, if there's ideas that people want us to talk about, let us know because, you know, this is kind of open-ended. It's one of the great things about the internet, you know, I one thing I've seen even on social media, which is crazy to see now because you wouldn't really get that engagement. Um, mm in other places it's like wow okay cool this is we kind of kind of have an idea of what people want to talk, want us to talk about and then you know support with geek ireland and so that as well it's been fantastic so yeah. onward and upward ad astra as they say in ucd are used to yeah. I got rid of that and i know why it's like that's a really good um really good motto yeah it sounds like it almost almost science fiction like it's a not it's a nice and catchy like it means to I'm the pretty, stars yeah i'm pretty sure yeah. oh there you go the name of a film that came out recently it was. It was. I didn't see the film, but I just yeah. like the the motto. It used to be. Maybe on, it used to be on all the UCD degrees, and then they got rid of yeah. it. I was like, ah, oh, dude. Do you think it was to the Stars Academy? I know you're like kind of a supporter of them, aren't you? That's Tom DeLonge's thing. Yeah. 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 yeah I don't know. He's he's crazy. He's great though. Yeah. <laughs> he's crazy. You know. Really For God's sake, Beck is crazy. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Like Beck is the only person. Oh, he's bonkers, but he's also grand, you know. But he's like, I mean, like Beck is also like an argument for why Scientology should be hated. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> all I can think about is like the Futurama episode of Beck in it. Yeah, with the Beck Yeah, amazing. Oh, amazing. Who delay is a word? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, guys, uh, look, 
we're coming to the end of the show. We've gone over. So again, anyone who's stuck with us past the the um, Phoenix FM time, thank you so much. Thanks for subscribing to the podcast. I mean, let's be honest. We run over much longer than we run on time. We do. And look, to be fair, I like that. I like the way we... Oh, yeah, no, no, totally. Like, uh, Thank God for the, the, the generous Spotify allowance. They're just like, hey, mm. you want to talk for hours? Talk for hours. Yeah. But uh, yeah, on, on you know, anyone who's listened for the show, Stan, continue to support us. Thanks so much for that. Because mm. that means it's the world. Phenomenal. It's phenomenal. So- uh, sorry, Bingo. It's phenomenal that people still like that listen past for the overrun. It's crazy. But then mm. again, there are people like me who listen to hardcore history and those episodes are six hours long. So, same. same. Like I, I love like shows like So House and all that kind of stuff where it's just on the F Plus podcast. They're six hours long and it's just total nonsense and garbage. So I'm like, this is fantastic. So yeah. God, you, you two people with time in your lives. You, just, you don't have a kid. I can no. Like... I can't. I, I can't uh, listen to podcasts and listen to the podcast with those kind of lengths anymore. But man, I used to like. Uh, I used to have that kind of time, but um, yeah, like I'm lucky. I'm lucky if I finish an audio book in a month. Now. It, all it is for me, it's just I, I have time and work where yeah. it's you know maintaining stuff, and I need to have yeah. something to listen to, or else it's you know going somewhere, or gym, or whatever. So it's you know it's, mm. it's just basically. Spotify mm. is there, you know, and Spotify is the thing. Yeah, so, like, yeah. For me, the like uh, at the moment, I'm just going through. I've got, like, I've got a good system now going with Audible, where I have um, I got like a collected works of uh, H.G. Wells. Nice. And I have. Oh, like, I just finished reading War of the Worlds. Yeah. Oh my god. The, the version, the audiobook version of that was read by David Tennant. Oh. Uh, oh, stop. Oh, okay, stop. I'm going on to Audible. It's on Audible. Yeah, it's so damn good. Like, uh, Jason Isaacs is going to be doing the, the the Island of Dr. Moreau, which I'm so pumped for. <gasps> uh, He's one of my favorite actors. It's, it's, it's good. It's good. Um, I have that. I have the, I've got the entire cl- uh, uh, series of The Expanse um, that, uh, bought already. So basically, now I'm just going to be picking up like um, other books that like aren't sci fi to just mm. kind of uh, to just kind of give me a nice rotation so like I've got like a nice mix of like different like uh, like I, I finished the, uh, one of Noam Chomsky's books which are basically all the same book they um, are yeah I read them all when I was when I was when I was like 16 yeah, yeah they're all like, the same book they're all the same like I mean the, the same things come up over and over again in different ways yeah it's kind of like you know and like, I'm mean, like it's interesting because it's Noam Chomsky but it's this, you know like they just go in the same they just keep going in the same like the the, it's the same points articulated for different things. <laughs> and, <laughs> he, he's very fond of the same like methodology as well. So you're like, once you read, once you've read one Noam Chomsky, you're like, I've kind of read you, but yeah, yeah. But it took me three or four books to realize that though. So yeah, no, I, I see. Like I, I went through a period of like listening to lectures from him. Mm. So when I read the like the book I read was uh, who Re- who rules the world, and. Yeah, like I mean, it's it's really interesting. The one thing, like, there was only a couple of things that came out in it that I didn't really know about before. Like, I didn't know that like we were still using the um, the doomsday clock. Yeah, and that we're closer to doom now <laughs> than we were 
in uh, than we were in the eighties, which was really unsettling. Yeah, man, w- w- World War Three literally nearly started like two weeks ago. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Like but here, so- before we go into the World War Three stuff, I have I've got my shift with the baby now. You guys, by all means, keep oh. going though. But I'm gonna hop off the bus now, if that's okay. Right. Okay. Hop King off. Is the- <laughs> yeah, go for it, man. <laughs> Oh, and give a shout out to Lisa as well. Her first episode was fantastic. Everyone should definitely check that out. Excellent. I will see you guys next week and to everyone at home. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.